Hey, welcome to the Steamboat Christian Center podcast, where our greatest goal is to love God and love people. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us on social media or at steamboat.church. We're so glad you joined us today. Let's jump into this week's message. Well, it is finally Christmas Eve. We've all been waiting for this, and this is one of the biggest nights of the year, especially for our kids. I know they are, uh, they can't wait for tomorrow morning, and uh, I remember when I was a kid, me and my brother, uh, man, Christmas Eve was a huge, huge deal for us, and uh, kind of reminds me of, uh, of this uh, story about this little boy who uh, is praying with his mom on Christmas Eve. Um, she's tucking him in bed as uh, his father and his his grandmother are downstairs uh, wrapping presents. And the mom looks at the boy and she says, hey, son, would you like to pray before you go to bed? And boy thought a minute and he said, you know, yeah, that might be a good idea. And so he went into his little prayer. He said, Lord, uh, I just pray that uh, you would please bring me a train set. And uh, I also pray that you would bring me a remote control car tomorrow. But uh, most of all, Lord, I pray that you would bring me a brand new bicycle. And the mom kind of got shocked. She's like, son, you don't, you don't have to shout. I mean, God, God isn't hard of hearing, you know. And the boy's like, yeah, I know. But he said, grandma is. <laughs> anyway, thanks, thanks for joining us, and, and I'm so glad that you joined us here tonight. Uh, and I have been praying, I too have been praying that this message will bring you a little bit of hope and a little bit of comfort at the end of this crazy, crazy year that we've gone through. Now, I'm sure that at some point in your life, you have heard the phrase, things are looking up right? At some point, you've all heard that. Now, what does that mean? Things are looking up. Well, simply put, uh, it means that circumstances are getting better, that the situation is improving, that, uh, that our problems are decreasing and our opportunities are increasing, right? Well, this Christmas Eve, I I want to offer you some encouragement for, for you as you go into the new year, and it is this. Things will start looking up when you start looking up. Yeah, in other words, um, your circumstances will start to improve um, when you stop focusing on them and instead start focusing on God. Now, I believe that with all of my heart, and I've experienced that many times in my own life. In fact, there is a similar phrase to that in the Bible. Over and over and over again in the Bible, we see this phrase, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. In fact, it's probably in there 20 or 30 times. Um, God said, lift up your eyes to some of the most famous people in the Bible. He said it to Abraham. He said it to to Jacob. He said it to uh, Moses. In fact, Jesus told his disciples to lift up your eyes. And I believe that God is telling you and I the same thing tonight. In fact, this evening, I want to encourage you to take a moment to go outside and to lift up your eyes to the night sky. I encourage you, go out onto your front step or maybe on your back patio, and I want you to look up into the night sky. And as you look up at all the stars in the sky, I want you to remember that God created every 
single one of those stars. Yeah, every single one. And, and if you really want to have your mind blown, I want you to think about this, that those same exact stars were shining on the night that Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. I mean, that's crazy. It's, it's amazing what happens when you and I look up, right? Um, in fact, 900 years ago, 900 years, in fact, before Jesus was born, Jesus' great, 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 great grandfather, King David, looked into the night sky and he wrote these words to his creator in Psalm chapter 8, verse 3. He said these words. He said, God, when I look up at the night sky and I see your handiwork, I see the moon and all the stars that you set in place. I ask myself, what is mankind that you should even bother with us? And why do you even care about humans? You made us just a little lower than the angels, but you have given us glory and honor, and you have put us in charge of everything you made. Lord, you are amazing. Isn't that wonderful? I think the point here that you and I can take from that is that whenever you and I look up and think about how big God is, naturally that shrinks the size of our problems. That naturally brings those problems down, that they don't seem as big and as overwhelming as they did before when we think about how big God is. Now, I don't know what... Uh, problems you may be facing this Christmas. I, I don't know what fears or confusion you're feeling in your hearts right now, and I don't know um, what burdens and grief that you may be carrying. But I do know this, that you and I should be looking up instead of giving up this year. I believe that, that regardless of what you are facing right now, you should consider doing the same thing that Mary and Joseph and, and the shepherds and the wise men did when they felt overwhelmed that very first Christmas. You know, unfortunately, uh, over the years, you and I, we've kind of, our culture has kind of romanticized and sanitized what that first Christmas was really like. But for those who experienced it firsthand, I promise you, that first Christmas wasn't a very merry Christmas for them. It was scary, and it was weird, and it was stressful beyond all imagination. In fact, let me do a quick, quick review with you right now about some of the characters in there. For example, how did Mary react to the news that she was going to be the mother of God's son? Well, um, according to the Bible, it says that when an angel first appeared to her and told her what was about to happen, Mary had a ton of questions. She had about a thousand questions for this angel, and I, and I don't blame her. She was like, what? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Me? Why me, right? I mean, and, and how are you going to do this? How is this going to happen? And, and what am I going to tell my fiance? And is anyone ever going to believe me what, uh, from what I'm going to tell them, right? This is, she had a lot of questions. In Luke chapter 1, verse 29, it says this. Confused and deeply disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel's words might possibly mean. 
It is clear to me that Mary was completely confused that first Christmas. I mean, under the circumstances, uh, you know, her response was completely normal, right? I mean, if, if an angel appeared and told you what he told Mary, you would be confused too, right? And I thought about this, and I think this is the truth. I think that with all that's happened in the world this past year, that there are a lot of people right now that feel the same way, that they are confused and deeply disturbed. Now, what about Joseph? Well, let's look at Joseph. How did he first react to the news? Well, when Mary told Joseph that she was pregnant, even though she hadn't been unfaithful, which was kind of weird for him, Joseph was deeply disappointed. He was deeply disappointed and he was heartbroken. I mean, tell me, what, what, would you have believed her story if she had told you that? No way. I mean, Joseph felt lied to and he felt betrayed in, in the most, most horrible way, right? And he wanted nothing more than to just put Mary away quietly and quickly. In fact, Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, it says that Joseph decided to break off the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace Mary publicly. His pain and his sadness was unbearable. His heart was broken. And I wonder, I wonder if that's how maybe some of you feel this Christmas. Maybe, um, maybe you're alone tonight. And maybe you can't be with your family. We're all kind of sequestered right now. And, and your heart is feeling kind of broken and disappointed. Or maybe your job <laughs> and your future is all up in the air. And you have no idea what's going to happen for you next year. I, I am sure that this Christmas is filled with a lot of disappointment for a lot of people right now. Now, Mary, Joseph was disappointed. And Mary was confused. What about the shepherds? What, what about the shepherds? How did they initially react to this news? Well, Luke chapter two, verse eight tells us exactly how they felt. It says this, that night there were shepherds out in the field nearby watching over their flocks. Suddenly the night sky lit up and an angel of the Lord appeared and God's glory blazed all around them and they were terrified. This was not something that they enjoyed. They were terrified. In other words, write this down. The shepherds were scared to death, right? They were scared to death. It's interesting. The Greek word for terrified right here is phobeto. Phobeto. It's where we get the word phobia. You ever have a phobia? You, you freak out when you see a snake or a spider. That's how they were. They were literally freaking out. I mean, some of them were looking for a place to hide and the others were looking for a, an outhouse because they had to go, man. It was a bad situation, right? They were petrified with fear. And again, I know that there are a lot of people in our world right now that are feeling the same. Now, the wise men, they were the last guys to appear in the Christmas story. What were they feeling that first Christmas? Well, if you know their story, the answer is kind of obvious. Uh, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born, some wise men traveled a long way from the east and finally arrived in Jerusalem. 
Now, Pastor Charlie talked about this a little last week. These guys traveled a long distance to come and visit this newborn king. Many Bible scholars believe that they came from Babylon or maybe Persia, which was a long ways away. That was, that's modern-day Iraq or Iran. And if they traveled on a straight line through the desert from Iraq to Israel, which no one would have done, that's about 800 miles that they traveled. The truth is, is that they probably took the ancient trade route, which was around 1,200 miles. That's a long ways. That's from Steamboat Springs all the way down to Houston. And, and that wasn't easy traveling, man. They didn't have planes or trains or automobiles back then. These guys most life, likely walked or they rode on the back of a camel. And if you've ever done that, that isn't, you know that that's not comfortable. The desert that they walked through was hot during the day and cold during the night. They traveled through all these different foreign countries and had to deal with these different countries and, uh, and armies and military and even robbers and, and thieves who would try to take them. The point I'm trying to make is, is that this journey was a long, hard journey for these fellas. It, it would have taken several months for them to get there. And without a doubt, the wise men were totally exhausted that Christmas. So, Let's review our cast of characters at the first Christmas. You have Mary, and, and she's what? She's, she's confused. You have Joseph, and he is completely disappointed. You have the shepherds, and they're afraid. And then you have the wise men who are exhausted. I am positive that every one of these people at one point felt like giving up, just giving up on this whole thing. And now you and I can flash forward to 2020, Christmas 2020, and I imagine that many of you are feeling the same way. This year has been one of the most difficult and confusing and exhausting years in recent history. I mean, think about this. 2020 started off with the President of the United States getting impeached. Do you remember that? That seems like 10 years ago. But that happened at the beginning of the year and it only went down from there, right? I mean, with all of the natural disasters and, and the fires and the, and the shootings and the race riots and, and then add in the fact that we have a disputed national election and a global pandemic, this year has been nothing short of a nightmare for all of us. And I am sure that this Christmas Many of us are feeling confused and afraid and disappointed and exhausted. And thoughts of giving up are filling our hearts and our minds. The question I have for you here is, does the Christmas story have anything to say to us? Does the Christmas story have anything to teach us about today? I believe the answer is yes. And that is this, that first Christmas, every one of those characters took a moment to look up to God. And when they did, their circumstances completely changed. I believe that. Write this down. In fact, this is the big idea for this message. When their feelings changed, I'm sorry, when their focus changed, their feelings changed. When they changed their focus, when they changed what they were looking at, their feelings changed. Remember, uh, things start to look up when you and I start to look up ourselves, right? Let's start by looking at Mary. Everything changed for Mary when she focused on God's promises, 
right? Remember this. At first, Mary was completely focused on all these problems. I mean, she was in an impossible situation. She was pregnant, but not by her husband. Her reputation had been ruined by this scandal that was surrounding her. Her friends, her family, and her fiancé were all rejecting her. All Mary could see were problems. But as soon as Mary looked up and put her focus on God's promises, everything changed for her. Um, Everything changed. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37, it says that the angel told Mary this. I love this. He said, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. What a What a great promise. I pray that maybe that promise will get into your heart this Christmas. Nothing is impossible with God, right? When Mary heard that promise, her feelings completely changed. Her situation completely changed. She saw that this wasn't the end of her life. No, that this was just the beginning of something bigger and better, a better story than she ever could have imagined. In fact, look at this. In verse 38, Mary said this. Look at what she said. She says, yes, I see it all now. Let it be with me just as you say. I am the Lord's handmaiden and I am ready to serve. Wow, talk about a change of attitude, right? Right? I mean, and, and in fact, Mary's, uh, Mary famously prayed a prayer right after this that is an incredible prayer. It's become known as the Magnificat. And this, this teenage girl says some of the most amazing things. In verse 48, in the message version, I love how it says it. It says this. This is Mary. She said, God took one look at me, and look what happened. I am the most fortunate woman on earth. This thing flipped upside down for her. Right? I am the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. 2,000 years later, we're still talking about Mary. I'll tell you what, my friend. I think you and I can learn a lot from this little teenage girl from, uh, from Israel. I think we can learn a lot from Mary. When Mary's focus changed, her feelings changed. She went from total confusion to total celebration in just a matter of of a few moments. What about Joseph? Well, everything changed for Joseph when he focused on God's plan, on God's plan. Remember, Joseph was, was, was disappointed. He was hurt. He was heartbroken. Why? Well, because his plans had been completely dashed. I mean, Joseph had a plan. He wanted to get married. He wanted to have a family. And then he just wanted to live happily ever after as a carpenter in Nazareth. But God's plan for Joseph was a little different. And Joseph at first was disappointed. But everything changed for Joseph when he had a dream. Look at this. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, it says this. As Joseph was laying on his bed one night, tossing and turning, considering what he might do. Some of us do this. We, we just turn it over. We're wondering, what are we going to do? How are we going to get out of this? He was trying to make plans for himself. Look what happens. It says that he fell into a dream, and he saw an angel standing beside him. And the angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not hesitate to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her really has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. Verse 24, it says this, that when Joseph woke up, I love this next line. It said, he did what the angel commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. Everything changed for Joseph 
when he turned his focus away from his pain, away from his disappointment, and he put his focus on God's plan for his life. We would do well to follow that example. What about the shepherds? Well, everything changed for the shepherds when they looked up. We know that from their story. You might remember the shepherds were out in the fields when suddenly there was this big bright light show in the sky and it completely scared them to death. But as they looked up, they heard the angel say to them in verse 10, it said this, the angel said, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. In fact, the angel said this to a lot of the characters, said it to Joseph, said it to Mary. And I believe that God is saying the same thing to you and I tonight at the end of this rotten year. He's like, do not be afraid. And look what the angels told the the shepherds. He said, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. I love that. This isn't just for religious people. This isn't just for the Jewish people. This isn't just for Christians. This is for all people. For today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. And this is what you are to look for. This will be a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. That's not the sign they probably expected, but it was an amazing thing. And then it says this, then a very large group of angels from heaven joined the first angel and they began praising God and singing, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill to all men, to all people. And the Bible says that the shepherds were so excited at what they had heard and saw that they actually ran to go find that baby. And in verse 20, it says this, after they had seen Jesus, they went back to their fields and flocks, singing and praising God. (laughs) Isn't this funny? I mean, what started out as complete panic has now turned into a big old party for these guys. They're celebrating. Wouldn't, Wouldn't you like that to happen in your own life? Wouldn't that be awesome? I'll tell you, my friend, I have discovered that Jesus has a knack for turning our fears into fun, to flipping it upside down, taking our worst fears and turning it into something amazing. And that leads me to my last point. Everything changed for the wise men when they met Jesus. Everything changed for them. As you know, Uh, the wise men had been looking up all along their journey, right? The Bible says that they had been following a star uh, that had led them from the east. And it says this in Matthew chapter two, verse nine. It says, then the star appeared to them again, guiding them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. Look at this. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Did you catch that? When they looked up, Things changed. Their attitude changed. Everything changed. Verse 11 says that when they entered the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshiped him. That's fascinating to me. These men of science bowed down before Jesus. They knew something. They opened their treasure chest and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Boy, I wish I had more time to, to go into that and to explain it. But I'll tell you what, each one of those gifts was symbolic of what Jesus would do for us in his life and in his death, and most importantly, in his resurrection. But here's the point I want you to get. All of the fatigue and all of the exhaustion 
that they had from their months of this long, weary journey that they'd been on on the back of a camel evaporated, disappeared the moment they met Jesus. And that leads me to my big question that I have for you tonight. Have you met Jesus? I'm not, I'm not asking if you know about Jesus or if you've heard about Jesus. It's Christmas. You probably have. I'm asking you, do you know him personally? Have you met him? Do you have a relationship with him? Now, some of you might go, well, I don't know. How is it possible to have a relationship with someone who lived 2,000 years ago? And that's a good question. Well, I've got a good answer for you. The answer is simple. God created you and I for relationship with him. He wants to be in a relationship with us. Now, the problem is, is because of sin, you and I can't always see him and we can't always hear his voice. And so throughout history, people have often gotten kind of confused about who God is and what he's really like, right? And, 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 and we often imagine God as just a larger version of ourselves, right? And, and sometimes we're petty and sometimes we're selfish and sometimes we have anger issues and problems. And so we assume that God is the same, but he's not. The Bible says that God is good all the time. And so to clear up some of those misconceptions that man and women have had about God once and for all. God came to earth in human form. The Apostles' Creed said that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and he was born of a virgin. And he walked with us and he talked with us and he showed us firsthand what he was like and what he wanted. Paul said this later on in the epistles. He said that Jesus was the visible image of the invisible God. And by looking at the life of Jesus, it is obvious that God wants to help us. And God wants to save us. But most of all, God wants to be with us. Um, I don't know about you, but that's a comforting thought to me. <laughs> because although that this world is, is incredibly beautiful, this world can also be incredibly brutal. You know, I mean, there's a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and a lot of hurt in this world. And, and, and in fact, this year has been a reminder of that truth. But Christmas is a reminder that God has come. That, that he has come to be with us. And he has come to give us rest from our weariness and our confusion and our fears. And to experience that rest, all you and I have to do is look up. Is to look up. <laughs> to lift our eyes off of our, 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 our problems and our, and our worries and to put our eyes on his promises, and on his plans for our life. You see, that's, that's what Christmas is really about for me. <laughs> Looking up into a, a star-filled night sky and knowing, and knowing that my creator cares for me and that my creator came for me. Like I said, 
things will start looking up when you and I start looking up. I encourage you to do that on this most holy night. I want to pray with you. Father, we thank you uh, that you are amazing and that you are big and that you are powerful and you are mighty and that you can do so many things. But one of the things that blows my mind is that you are personal, that you care about each one of us individually. You know so much about us and you know what we're going through. And every person that is within earshot of my voice right now, God, I know that you know what's going on and you know what they need and that your desire is to be with them through these difficult times. God, I'm mindful that this year, Christmas 2020, we need Christmas more than ever before. We need to know that you care for us and we need to know that you came for us. God, I pray that you would bring us all some hope and some peace this year and remind us that you are with us. Thank you, Lord, for Christmas. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, and Merry Christmas.